Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. Today we have a very special guest, and her name is Hannah Dorman. We're going to talk about very important. Subject. It's called the younger generation, millennials, and second generation for marriage. So let's welcome Hannah. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Hey, Sammy. I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, and I'm sure this will be a really、uh, amazing and fun time to talk about this very important subject. So,、um, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Great. So we want to get to know you better. So please tell us about your family. Yeah, so my family, we all grew up here in Raleigh, North Carolina.、Um, we're all NC State fans. I'm an alumni from NC State, along with my parents, which I'm very proud of that.、Um, and I have a degree in communication from NC State. And they, I grew up in a gospel-centered home. My family、um, has it's a family of nine, so there's seven kids、um, along with my parents. My parents have been married since 1992, and they. Were a great example for me of what a gospel-centered,、uh, Christ-centered relationship and marriage looks like, and so I feel very blessed to have grown up like that. So、mm. my family, we're really close, we're really tight knit, and all of my siblings are my best friends. Wow, that is really awesome. You know, I have four children, and I really pray and hope they would be the best friends as well. Awesome, great.、Uh, so my next question for you, and this is my favorite question. How did you come to Christ? I came to Christ at a very young age. So ever since I was little, in my mind, I knew that there was something wrong with me in my heart, and I knew there was something wrong with the world, and I just couldn't understand what it was. How to deal with these emotions of guilt and shame when I would do something wrong, or felt like I was not a not a good person. I was striving to be a good person, even from a very young age. And so,、um, actually, at six years old. Even though I grew up in a home that shared the gospel regularly,、um, and I heard Bible stories over and over again, I still it still didn't click until one night at an evening baptism, a young woman got up、um, to be baptized. She shared her story. I don't remember what her name was. I don't remember what she looks like. I just remember her story of how Jesus saved her, how she was a sinner and Christ saved her, and it changed her life. And I was blown away by Jesus and the cross and what He did for us, how He took the sin for us in our place. And I was really wrestling that night with, even at six years old,、um, I was wrestling with, like, how could Jesus die for me, like a sinner? How could He die for me? And so I asked my dad a lot of questions, and he brought he brought up scripture in Romans about you know, for all have fallen short of the glory of God, like in Romans three twenty three. And then Romans six twenty three says, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of eternal life is through Christ Jesus." And so, really, just、um, knowing that salvation is a gift at a young age, and that Jesus was the one who gave me this gift of life, and He、right. wanted a personal relationship with me, that blew me away. And、mm-hmm. ever since, it's blown me away that I have a personal relationship with the person who has saved my life. And so, at six years old until. About thirteen, I was really malnourished in my faith. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't really pray. I didn't act like a real Christian, even though I did have faith. I didn't really act like it. But at thirteen, God、um, convicted my heart again, and I grew a love for Him. And then in college, 
um, after going on mission trips throughout high school and everything in college, God really tested my faith. And so I feel like ever, ever since I became a Christian at six until now, God just brings me through different phases of life and he continually makes me, um, sanctified. He continues to sanctify me every single day. So praise God. He continues to work in my life and makes me who I am today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow, that is a really <laughs> wonderful story, Hannah. Thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to talk about this, the marriage issue. I know you have a very um, great news and big news, and you'll be, uh, you'll, you'll be married pretty soon, right? Yes. So when, getting, is, when is the big day? Yeah, I'm getting married May 22nd to Trevor Dean. I'm very, very excited. Awesome. We're just waiting. We're waiting patiently. I think it's about 30 days out from mm. when we're recording. So it's right. really exciting. Right. Well, that is really awesome. And I uh, just want to say congratulations in advance. Thank but you. you're, you're a very young lady. Uh, but I saw a very interesting uh, statistics, and uh, I'm from South Korea, and I was looking at some statistics about what's the average age of people getting married now these days in Korea. Uh, I was looking at it, and the average age for a man to get married is 33.2 years old. Yeah. For a woman, it's a 30.8 years old. Wow. It's a uh, 2021 March uh, data. So it's pretty recent. And I know I grew growing, growing up in Korea, um, there are not many people, how to say, excited about getting married these days because, you know, life is hard and economically it is a big, big challenge as well. There are so many different reasons. But these days, people just want to be alone or they do not want to take care of family uh, in some way, and even having a children would be a big burden for their career and for their future job, and so many different reasons. So uh, this is this is pretty different from like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when people were thinking that we got to marry for sure, and the earlier the better. So our father's generation, they got married like when they were 24, 25, or even younger. But things have changed so far. So how how about you? How um what about the the Americans like Generation Z, younger generations, and millennials? How do they think about marriage in general? Yeah, so just right off the bat, I'm I'm 24, so I run right on the cusp. 1997, <laughs> I run right on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z, so I kind of see both worlds. Um, but to be honest, both are pretty similar in their views about marriage mm -hmm. and. You're right. People are getting married later in life, even in American culture. I would say after reading some research from Pew Research, um, people are women are typically getting married closer to 27 and men are getting married closer to 30. And that's from like a 2017 um, study. So people are getting married later and there's multiple reasons why why that is. Um, one being, I think this is what I've gathered a lot of. Um, my generation grew up watching their parents get divorced. Divorce rate is skyrocketed during their parents' marriages. So um, it's about 50% with their parents. And so with them, they don't want that for themselves. They're, they don't see the reason why you need to commit if that, there could be a falling out and a divorce. And so a lot of these people want to make sure they, they're getting married later in life so that they can make sure the person, their partner, the people who they're dating 
is the one, the one who will last. And so sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad because people who are waiting later in life, um, it's shown that the divorce rate has actually fallen with this generation, with my generation. Um, but yet it's still not great because um, the culture has changed with it to where people are um, cohabitating together before marriage, are living together, are um, sleeping together, are starting families before marriage. And it seems like my generation sees marriage as the last step in their adulthood. So this is kind of an issue in our, our culture because in a biblical sense, this is not this is not what we believe is the right way. This is not what we believe God wants for us. So yeah, that's how that's what I've noticed about my generation and marrying later in life. You're great. Now speaking of the biblical perspective of marriage, what is what is the biblical perspective of marriage and how is it different from today's culture? Yeah, so if you think back to the beginning in Genesis in the garden, um, God brought Eve to Adam. God brought her to her husband and God created marriage in that picture. It was a perfect marriage. It was great. Um, and then obviously we brought sin into the world and that, that caused division within all relationships, but even even more so in the relationship of marriage, which marriage is a very intimate, personal relationship with somebody else as well. So um, from the beginning, we see that marriage was meant for good. It was meant for safety. It was meant for satisfaction and pleasure and for um, just enjoying God together and growing together closer to the Lord. But like I said, sin sin messed that up. And so how do we live post, a post-sin world, like post-Adam and Eve, right? Um, well, thank goodness for Jesus, first of all, who works in us to sanctify us. Like I said earlier with my testimony, how he's worked in my life is bringing me closer to him. But now this uh, picture of marriage is supposed to be one where we pursue Christ again together as sinners. So um, marriage is not perfect. It's not um, two perfect people coming together. It's two sinners coming together, and that can cause hardship and division, which, like I said, my generation is afraid of um, because they've seen divorce. They've seen um, seen two sinners not work out. Um, but really, um, the culture today thinks that marriage is about getting something out of somebody else or getting something for themselves in marriage. That's not what it is. Marriage is serving one another. It's choosing to be servant hearted because you already serve Christ. And so you're, you're serving alongside with somebody else and loving that person means sometimes loving sacrificially. And so, um, marriage is not a pursuit of happiness. The way the world says it's a pursuit of holiness and growing closer to Christ. So, um, just some verses real quick. Um, it says, in Ephesians 5, a little bit about marriage and what that looks like. It says, for husbands, in Ephesians 5, 25, it says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Ephesians 5, 25 through 33 says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave herself up for her, that 
he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that he might, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He should love his wife. He, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, just as Christ does the church. So really, it's about, you know, this picture of marriage. Marriage didn't come first. It's the relationship with Christ and his church that came first. And marriage is that picture. It's a, it's an illustration. It's a metaphor. Marriage is how Christ loves us, the church. And we're supposed to represent that through marriage and that sacrificial love, the same way Jesus died for us. Right. Well, I loved how you say about the uh, the marriage. Marriage is not pursuit of happiness, but marriage is a pursuit of holiness. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's definitely a tweetable moment. That <laughs> it's it's there is so much truth in it. But uh, you mentioned that um, marriage is not two perfect people living together, but two sinners living together. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, imagining two different people living together—that's like uh, having another trouble, right? But why then? Why should we get married? Why is why is marriage important? Mm-hmm. Marriage is important because um, it's commitment, it's covenant, it's um, you know. I I agree. I I've heard people in our culture and in my generation today say, "What's the point? Why do I have to let the government in on? Well, why do I have to sign a paper to make this legal? Why do I have to let the government be part of this? Why do I have to let God?" you know, determine these things. Like, is it, isn't it just enough just to love each other the way we are to live together as if we were married and have kids and it's all fine. Why would we have to prove anything? Well, it's shown in statistics that you're happier in marriage, that you're safer in marriage. Like I said, you are more committed. Your, your spouse is less likely to cheat and you're less likely to cheat on one another. And also, um, Kids usually grow up in a better home when there's a happy, stable marriage. And so God, I I don't think God messed up on this. Um, I don't think that he just said, oh, do this, have these boundaries in marriage, like have commit and have a covenant with one, one another to make us unhappy. Like I said, I think he did it for a reason. It's because it was right for us. It's how it's how God made us. It says that we remain in his image in Genesis. And so he knows what's right he knows that commitment and community and um being with one another like god said to adam in the beginning it's not good for you to be alone god created marriage because he knows what's right for our hearts and he knows that we need somebody else he knows that we need intimate relationships and he knows that that matters um but you have to commit to these things like the same way that god is faithful and steadfast and committed to us we need to represent that in marriage and like i said these things, um, the benefits of marriage, like those are those are for a reason because God created it that way. So um, God loves marriage. He loves singles. Don't get me wrong, but He also loves marriage, and He He calls us to it to um, show that sin, bring forward that sin, and like I said, holiness is the pursuit of holiness. We all should be pursuing. Christ, which he's making us holier and holier every day. 
And sometimes marriage is that environment, that place where God can show us that underlying sin that we might not have seen before. So um, growing along someone, um, having someone to support you towards Christ and sorry, having somebody to grow with you alongside Christ is um, how God intended marriage to be in a committed way. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. I know you're very young. Um, what made you get, um, what made you decide to get married? Well, um, I would not have chosen to get in, gotten married at this age so soon um, if it wasn't for my husband, my soon-to-be husband. I, I didn't have a goal to be married. I don't think marriage is the end goal in life. It's not the thing that we should say, check off as a passage into adulthood. Um, but it is, uh, it was the thing that God led me to when meeting my future husband, Trevor, um, I met him and I just knew we would probably get married after the first date. I was, I said, I'm probably going to marry this guy. Um, because like I said, commitment is, uh, showing that you are in it with that person. You're, I, I want to be committed to this person. I want to love this person. And, I want to um, be his support and lead him to Christ every day. So I'm excited to marry him. Um, I chose marriage because that's that's what God wanted me to do. He told me that's what he wanted me to do. So Awesome. Great. Well, Hannah, we, we've talked about differences between biblical perspective on marriage and the cultural norms now these days. So question for you is what can change cultural norms into obedience to Christ? Mm. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't really know the exact answer to this, obviously, because there's just so many things in our culture that are unchristlike um, that can ruin marriage. Um, I mean, pornography ruins marriages, um, ruins relationships, ruins your, your heart. Um, sleeping with someone who is not your beloved, not your, the person you're married to, that, um, that makes us think that we don't need marriage. Um, having multiple partners um, and just like honestly a life of selfishness that you just want, you, you want something out of somebody else. Um, a consumer mentality. A consumer mentality can ruin um, marriage. marriage. Like I said, marriage is um, sacrificially loving somebody, to put, choosing to serve somebody else. Um, so really our culture is, uh, there's a lot of things to it, but if I was to say one thing that I think would have to change in order for, for marriages to flourish, I would say that people should not be living together before they're married. Um, it's just proven that people who live together, like you can look up the stats online, you can Google it. And it just says that people who live together usually don't last in marriage um, before that they're, before they're married, if they live together. So really keeping, you know, the marriage bed and keeping the living together and cohabitating together for marriage. I think if that was to change in our culture, um, I think that marriage would, would be a lot different. So. All right. Well, thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and uh, insights. And uh, I want to really appreciate you uh, being a salt and light, that you're showing a great godly example what it means to have a family and what it means to follow Christ. 
yeah, we definitely need more people like you among younger generations. So that's my prayer and that's my uh, desire to see more people would become like 21st century Moses that uh, rather than obeying or following culture, but they would follow the scripture, the word of God. Thank you for uh, listening and watching this video. And I hope and pray and encourage that this video would be used by God to encourage you and your family and your, even your future family. So please pray for, uh, not only praying for yourself, but praying for the younger generation. So they will be uh, following the Lord and they will be the truthful uh, disciples um, in, in their families and in their marriage relationship, in their parental relationship with their children uh, for God's glory. Thank you. God bless you.